rootslandnation.com Wear your culture. 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 Hello. Hello, yourself. Excuse me, sir. Yes, how can I help? My friends say you can drive us to the tire shop up the road. Yes, I'm more than happy to give you a ride. But it's not too far, is it? Because I do have a friend here at the beach. No, don't worry. Okay, then. Okay. It's not far. And you don't need any help taking off that flat. Not that I mind. I'm just No, asking. thanks. I'm take off the flat already. Really? I'm impressed. Okay. Well, I'll help you put it in the trunk. And by the way... My name is Maxine. Hi, Maxine. Lovely to meet you. And I guess you already meet my friend, Sia. Well, I wouldn't say we actually met. I would say that she begrudgingly asked me for a ride. But hello. Hi, Sia. Nice to meet you. Hi. Oh, is that a smile? Wow. No, that wasn't a smile. I I know. I was being sarcastic. Don't take it personal, Henry. My friend, Sia, always have a little attitude. Little attitude? Uh, This is going to be a great ride. Hop on in, ladies. Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica, from a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. So, Henry, where are you from? Well, I was born in Farakway, Queens, and grew up in Long Island, New York. I like a foreign accent. Oh, yeah? You like my Long Island accent? Thank you. I always want to go to New York, you know. Oh, you never been there? I have some cousins, and them live in Brooklyn. They want to come visit, but I'm afraid of the cold, yeah, man. Well, Maxine, you can't let your fears stop you from achieving your goals. Isn't that true, Sia? Why are you so quiet in the back there? So Henry, you work in Jamaica? Yeah. You don't look like a tourist. Well, I'm do I'm in the music business. I'm I'm trying out music. Music! Metalesia and that Russ you're with. He must sing, alright? Yeah, yeah, that's the singer Half Pint. You didn't recognize him? Yeah, half pint. Me didn't know, you know. Hey see, why are you making your face up in the back seat there? I don't like musicians. Oh, you don't like musicians? No, not really. Well it's a good thing I'm not a musician. But what are you then? Well, right now, I'm not much of anything, because I live with a bunch of slackers. I hope to be a producer, a writer, one day. What kind of look is that? Don't you have dreams? Slow down. Just keep your eyes on the road. All right, all right. My eyes are on the road. I may have told Sia that my eyes were on the road, and since I was wearing sunglasses, she couldn't tell. But my eyes were on her eyes. And when we arrived at the shop, the mechanic helped Maxine get the tire from the back of my van. The two of them went to assess the damage and work on the repair. Sia didn't move. She remained in the car, stayed in the back seat. She looked distracted, gazing out the window. I couldn't help but stare. You know, I can see you looking at me. Listen, I'm so sorry. I I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but... Are you sure we haven't met? Yeah, I'm sure. You just look so familiar. Yes, I'm positive. Your eyes, I I just feel like I've seen them. I know it sounds... Mm-mm. Listen, Henry, you seem like a nice guy. But I just came to the beach to get away. I really wasn't looking to meet anybody. So, 
I'm sorry if I come off rude. Yeah, I didn't come here looking for anything either. I just came to get away with my friend. You know, then I saw you on the beach. Don't you believe in, in fate, destiny? Yes, I believe in fate and destiny. But I don't have time for that right now. I have a lot going on in my life. Well, you may not have time for that, but do you have time for dinner? You must. You don't give yep. up, do you? That's a real smile now, right? Maybe. Okay. Kind of. <laughs> I'll leave you my phone number, and if you have some time between, let's say, now and eternity, well, you know, give me a call. Well, I'll think about it. The next few weeks went by in slow motion. All I could do was think about Sia. Whenever the phone would ring, no matter where I was in the house, I would pause, be silent, listen out for Brian or Harris or Ringworm, or anyone to call out my name. But nothing. As the time passed, I lost hope that Sia would ever call. I was also getting more frustrated with life up at Armor Heights, our lack of any musical progress. Although now we had a recording studio set up at the yard, we weren't getting anything accomplished. No matter how hard I pushed, Brian was still going at his own pace and was spending more time with Sarah and a new group of friends they had met. Music was low on the priority list, right behind taking bonk hits in our living room and watching reruns of Dallas and Dynasty on Jamaica's one TV channel, JBC. It felt more like life in a college dorm than an artistic or musical sanctuary in the hills of Kingston. Hello, is Henry there? Yo, Henry. There's a phone call for you, bro. Yeah, I'm coming, coming. It's for me? Hey, man, she sound cute. Oh, she does, huh? You better not mess this up. All right. I know you're Mr. Nice Guy, but these yard girls down here, yo, them no want no mama's boy. You have to treat them with a little rough. Oh, yeah. Be aggressive with them. Ringworm, that sounds like great advice. Real solid. And that's based on your knowledge of the Kingston go-go dancers and, and street walkers, right? I think I'm okay on my own. <laughs> yo, and about to get his heart broke. Okay, whatever. Hello? Hi. You know who this is? Well, I know who I want it to be. Who's that? I'm hoping it's Sia. And what if it wasn't me? I guess lucky for me it is. Why did it take so long to call? I wasn't going to call you at all. I figured you liked my friend Maxine. Why would you think that? You see, in Jamaica, men usually prefer the light-skinned girls. They call them brownings. Are you talking about your complexion? You're beautiful. What are you talking about? I didn't even notice your friend. So, what did make you decide to call? You know, Henry, you said something in the car that day to Maxine, and it really made a lot of sense. What was that? You said you can't let your fears stop you from achieving your goals. So I figured I'll take a chance, see where fate takes us. Oh, so now you believe in fate. Okay. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad I did too. I spent hours on the phone with Sia, mostly listening. For someone who seemed so quiet and reserved, once she started talking, I couldn't get her to stop. She told me about her mother, named Hyacinth, like the flower, who was just a naive 16-year-old country girl from the parish of St. Thomas when she got pregnant. And the sweet-talking ladies' man who did the deed? Well, he was long gone before Sia was even born. It turned out he treated his other 12 children, 
from 11 different mothers, pretty much the same way. Poor, destitute, and needing to care for her young child, Hyacinth, still a child herself, was forced to move to the city to seek employment, unaware that in the process she was leaving behind her innocent daughter in the hands of a physically and emotionally abusive aunt that would subject little Sia to harsh daily chores, often followed by beatings. When her mother finally discovers the abuse, Sia is sent to live in the city. But Kingston is anything but a refuge for someone so young and vulnerable and basically on their own. That's where Sia learned how to survive, using her instincts, trusting that inner voice that got her through all those brutal beatings and the dark, lonely nights when she had no one to comfort her or ease the pain. She developed her strong, stubborn will and character through a process of trial and error. Sometimes the errors, they were costly and painful and disheartening. But she learned from all of them, from every cut and scar and bruise, on her mind and body. The more we talked, and the more her rough exterior started melting away, the more about this sweet girl started to make sense. It became evident how a beautiful, bright, and talented young woman could be so broken by the system, made to feel inadequate and insecure. She explained to me that Jamaican society was no different than in the U.S., where there's a stigma placed on people of color. And the darker the skin, the more you're treated inferior, like a second-class citizen. It was true that most of the wealthy, well-connected Jamaicans we knew in Kingston were married or dating white or light-skinned girls. They were the ones that were contestants in beauty pageants, the female executives in corporations, and the faces of cosmetic and beauty companies. It had only been with the recent emergence of Naomi Campbell, a trailblazing British supermodel with Jamaican roots, that the fashion world was beginning to recognize and appreciate the beauty of a dark-complected woman. In 1991, the year I moved to Kingston, the most popular song in the dance hall and on the radio airwaves was titled Browning, which was an anthem to brown and light-skinned girls, sung by Buju Bantan, ironically, a dark-skinned Jamaican MC. In the song, he proudly proclaims he loves his car, he loves his bike, he loves his money and things, but most of all, he loves his browning, his light-skinned trophy, the ultimate achievement for a successful black man. Later in the song, he makes reference to the old vipers. These are the jealous, dark-skinned girls, plotting to mess up his newfound love. These stereotypes, this negative messaging in music, movies, fashion, over time takes a toll, has a lasting effect on young girls of color. Girls like Sia, who grow up in a world that praises, idolizes, and worships women with light complexions and demonizes the darker-skinned girls. We didn't hang up till morning. Sia actually fell asleep while we were on the phone. I was able to tell because I could hear her breathing on the other end of the line. The house at Armour Heights was quiet. I stood silent in the living room, looking out at the view. 
It was daybreak, and the surrounding hills started to appear. First as shadows, backlit by the rising sun. Then, in all their heavenly glory, accompanied by a choir of morning songbirds, welcoming another day in Kingston. Everything seemed like it was on pause. The ghettos and garrisons were calm. Sometimes even the violence and murder respected these sacred morning moments. Sia was on my mind. The girl had been hurt, broken, at no fault of her own. She had every right to want to shut off the world, not let anyone or anything in. But I also heard something else in her voice, something that I recognized. There was a yearning, a longing. Deep down, like everyone else, Sia just wanted to be able to trust in life, in love. At one point, she asked me what I really wanted. The question took me off guard. I didn't know what to say. The truth was, I honestly didn't know. But now, the dawn of a new day brought with it clarity, a sense of belonging. I looked over Kingston City, my city, and I realized I didn't just want to write the song. I wanted to be the song. And when Sia spoke, I heard music play. like, share and subscribe and please support our show by downloading the Rootsland original soundtrack available on Amazon, iTunes or wherever you purchase music. So join the Roots gang on Rootsland. Yes, Rasta. <laughs> I tell you. Henry K. Henry K. Productions.